0: Just go to indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey, welcome to Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Matson. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And we are going to talk about the NFL trade deadline. But first, we're sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. Visit cooper'sbrewing.com And if you're in the state of California and over the age of 21, they would deliver beer to you in a day. They will one day ship that. You will get cold beer right to your door. It's very cool. And if you're in the area, if you're near Santa Rosa or even if you're not near Santa Rosa, and you still want to take a little road trip. Santa Rosa is nice and stay there and drink some good beer. Visit the brewery in Santa Rosa. Cooper's Brewing. Okay, so the trade deadline We're recording this Tuesday afternoon. Trade deadline's gone by almost three hours now. And the 49ers traded Jeff Wilson Jr. I was very surprised. You were surprised? Yeah. Because, so, I looked at it as... Because Jeremy Fowler reported on Friday that the Niners were taking calls on, on Jeff Wilson Jr. Or were receiving calls on Jeff Wilson Jr. And I thought, okay, they have McCaffrey and they have Elijah Mitchell coming back. So Wilson's now like the third running back and probably wouldn't have much of a role. But when you consider how good he's been this year and the injury histories of Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey, it might take really something to pry him away from the 49ers. And I thought for sure it would be a fourth or better. Like it would just have to be a blow them away deal. They wind up getting a fifth and to get a fifth round pick for an undrafted guy who was going to be third on your depth chart. I think that's decent business. So I I get some of the, the concerns with Mitchell and, and McCaffrey's health and wanting some depth at running back, but they spent a third
2: round pick on a running back.
1: And, like, at some point, Ty Davis Price has to play. And he's either going to be good or he's not.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I think, I mean, I hate just doing the thing where, like, well, if everybody stays healthy, it's going to be fine. And, <laughs> right. And if every, like, if guys get hurt, then it's going to be a disaster. Like, that's really what a lot of the the analysis is when it comes to these deals with this team in particular, mm-hmm. given all of the injuries that they've dealt with. But that's just kind of what it is, because if Elijah Mitchell comes back and, and stays healthy, then they're not going to miss Jeff Wilson Jr. And they're going um, to enjoy the fact that they get one of their draft picks back after dealing four away for Christian McCaffrey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt and then uh, Elijah Mitchell gets hurt and then you have to rely on Ty Davis Price or even Jordan Mason in an expanded role, then the trade is is kind of a disaster um so you know but that's a lot of ifs it's a lot of ifs either way so it it's really it, it's tough to judge this trade in a vacuum right now i would say given what we saw from christian mccaffrey in la against the rams like he was really good like mm-hmm. one of the best players in the nfl good obviously a historic sort of anomaly of a performance given the fact that he threw rush and uh, caught a touchdown pass, right? So, right. yeah, I, I think a fifth round pick overall is really good value. Ultimately, because Wilson was somebody they probably weren't going to resign in free agency. This was the last year of his deal, so to get a pick for him now, um, you know, who knows what the comp pick formula would have, what that would have looked like with, with Wilson. But getting a fifth is really good value for a guy who was undrafted who was never really somebody who penciled in to start, but ended up getting a lot of playing time because of injuries elsewhere. Um, but it could be potentially problematic if, like I said, McCaffrey gets hurt and Elijah Mitchell gets hurt again. Um, Mitchell's missed a ton of time. McCaffrey obviously came into this year missing 23 of the last 33 games, um, but he's been pretty durable this year. I don't think he's missed any time this year. So, on its face, I think a fifth round pick is really good value for Jeff Wilson, particularly given you're probably not uh, re-signing him in free agency. Mm-hmm. But there's risk, and there's risk in any deal. Um, but I think this does make sense given that, like you said, too, like Ty Davis Price is going to have to play at some point, and you invested a third round pick in him for this scenario where, like, all right, we need you to play, and they can't, they they can't just keep drafting running backs highly and not giving them an opportunity to to really flourish and so i think that's ultimately that's going to be part of the developmental curve for for tdp is like at some point you just got to throw him in there no matter how you feel about him, and see how he does and see if he can learn on the fly Um, because some guys are far better in games than they are even in practice and i think that's one of the reasons why the 49ers have been a little reluctant to play tdp to this point Mm -hmm. like he's not really showing out in practice but you know, it wasn't a great. Who's never really been an awesome practice player is Debo Samuel, right? Right. So, like, it's not like Debo Samuel is always lighting up the practice field, um, at training camp or anything else. So it's like sometimes you just kind of got to throw these guys in and see how they do.
1: The funniest part about this is if Elijah Mitchell or Christian McCaffrey is unavailable for a game, they're a hundred percent calling up Tevin Coleman from the practice squad and playing him instead. <laughs> That's a thousand percent what would happen. Probably. So, we can talk about those two guys, but then Tevin Coleman would also need to be unavailable, I think. Yeah. I'm almost certain that's how that would go.
2: Yeah. Unless Ty Davis-Price does stuff on the practice field where Kyle Shannon's like, oh, wow, I guess I got to play him.
1: Yeah, it could blown away in week 10. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's where the 49ers pick stand <clears throat> because I think there was – there's this notion – and, I mean, rightly so. They traded away three picks in 2023 for Christian McCaffrey and a fourth in, in in 2024. And then they, they traded this year's first-round pick in the Trey Lance deal. But right now, they have two third-round comp picks, now two fifth-round picks, and two sevenths. They're also projected in the comp pick formula because those uh, third-round comp picks are for Mike McDaniel and for uh, Robert Sala getting hired as head coaches so they're also projected to get another fifth and another seventh in the comp pick formula from the free agent Uh, free agent losses free agent gains and there's a formula nobody knows what it is but it comes out to draft picks and the niners i've i've seen uh, via nfl.com are projected to get a fifth and a seventh so that would be an additional fifth and an additional seventh, so three fifths, three sevenths, and then if D'Amico Ryan's gets hired as a head coach, they could have another third-round comp pick. So they'd have three thirds, three fifths, and three sevenths in that case. Yeah, and I mean, none of them will be in the top hundred, probably. But,
2: but well, we still need to not see a bad spot to be in. Yeah, we still need to see two with the comp picks because the the free agents they sign next spring are going to factor into that formula. I believe no.
1: in 2023. Yeah. Okay.
2: I'll believe you. Pretty sure. I'm pretty, pretty sure that all like the compix get awarded after the, the, the wave of free agency. I'm pretty sure we can double check on that, but that's um, I'm double checking right now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the 49ers are in this weird spot where, and, and this goes back to maybe a broader discussion with Trey Lance too, and sort of the the problems that they might be having is like, they're trying to contend right now while also building and developing for the future. And obviously the issue with Trey Lance is it's proven to be a really difficult needle for them to thread. And obviously even more difficult because Trey Lance broke his ankle, but like building for the future and building a sustainable operation while also trying to contend right now. Right, And, and so that's sort of where this Wilson trade comes in. Cause it's like, yeah, they could really use Jeff Wilson Jr. potentially, but also they do need more picks down the road after dealing what they dealt to get Trey Lance in the first place and then making the McCaffrey deal, sending four picks to Carolina. At right. least they get one of those fifth round picks back. Um, so and and they're just a comp pick factory with these minority head coaching and GM candidates right. um, going elsewhere.
1: Yeah. And that's that's where when the hand-wringing started about the McCaffrey deal, when you just kind of looked at what they have and what they have coming down the pipe. And so the comp pick formula is done for the 2023 draft. It just depends on player performance through the 2022 season, so those picks won't
2: be awarded until after the season. Got it.
1: Next year's free agents won't factor in uh, to next year.
2: So it's, a yeah, okay, it goes to the year after then.
1: Right. Okay. So So they're projected to get a fifth and a seventh, but it could be more, it could be less. So they're still going to have a ton of capital to work with. And for for Wilson specifically, I'm of the mind that Jeff Wilson Jr. was not going to make or break their Super Bowl chances. I agree. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's that much better than Ty Davis Price and Jordan Mason and Tevin Coleman and whoever else is behind Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. but. I I personally, in my opinion, don't think that's the case. And if they lose McCaffrey and Mitchell, they were going to be in a tough spot regardless. So I get it. Like I said, is it is it something that I, I thought they were going to do? No. Um, I'm guessing if if Miami had tried to come with a sixth or a seventh round pick, the Niners don't do it. But that fifth round pick is I think early enough and it's their money round. You know, George Kittle, Dre Greenlaw, Talanoa Hufanga. Um, they get a ton of guys in that fifth round um who have who have produced for them. Samuel Womack. So i a little bit surprised, but when it all kind of shakes out, to me it makes sense.
2: Yeah, it, it makes sense. It's you know, they I I wonder like so they've had success in the fifth round just in general, like this regime. Mm-hmm. And John Lynch was asked about that today in his conference call and said, yeah, we love those fifth round picks. It's like also, you know, just because you've had success in the round, does that mean you should necessarily be stockpiling fifth round picks? Like on Gunning purples? for fifth round picks? Yeah, like <laughs> could, could swap you... a third for a fifth straight across. Right. Like I. <laughs> Not that I think they believe that like, oh, we, you know, we're better in the fifth round. So let's get a fifth round pick instead of a fourth round pick in any scenario. Right. But like I just hope they're not they're not factoring in their success in round five as a reason to be accumulating fifth round picks when right. you know, they could potentially be getting more fifth round or more like early round picks um because you would always <laughs> rather have third or fourths or seconds than fifth. the
1: dolphins call they're like we'll give you a fourth for jeff wilson jr like, no make like, it a five and we're done
2: <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they're doing that but i am a little bit leery of them being like yeah we we have so much success in the fifth round that we're just you know we there's really no way fifth round
1: no way no chance
2: you'd think you would think
0: i do think Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: So the 49ers, let's see if McCaffrey's on here real quick. I'm looking at their...
1: Hey, can we, speaking of fourth round picks, just real quick, I don't want to do a tangent on, on this. On. Yeah. I don't want to do a tangent on this, but is it just me or is it insane that Kyle Shanahan, when you asked him about the right guard spot where Burford and uh, uh, Brunskill are basically rotating? He was like, yep, that's what we want to do. We're happy with it. Like, no chance. Yeah, that
2: was a little bit odd. Um, It was wild. Like,
1: yeah, that they're like, yeah, you know, waiting for one guy to step up and, you know, we're going to give him chances and. But he was like, no, we love doing this. This is great. So I think,
2: yeah. So I asked him like what, where things stood at right guard and and what he wants, you know, to to see from any of these guys to sort of differentiate themselves and get 100% of the snaps. And his response was like, actually, nothing really. We're we're pretty happy with the way those guys are playing. And then he said something that I thought was interesting to the extent of like, you know, on the defensive line that people rotate all the time. And it, it, you know, it. nobody says anything like it's not weird for defensive linemen to rotate. And it's like, OK, but like, are you are you trying to say you're like breaking a trend right now? Like we're going to rotate offensive linemen and only do it at one spot because we want to keep our right guards fresh as opposed to like as opposed to just playing somebody 100 percent of the snaps, which is what happens basically everywhere else. Um, it was a very odd answer, and to me, it was just kind of Shanahan punting on the question, just being like, "No, we don't really, you know, we that. It's probably a Chris Forrester question, and they're probably still confused and trying to figure out who their best right guard is between Spencer Burford and Daniel Brunskill." But it was an interesting way of Kyle Shanahan just like setting setting the table for what that what that situation is, because I can't imagine any coach is like. Yeah, we love rotating linemen, offensive linemen. Like, it's great. It's a totally awesome process.
1: You asked if um, what he needed to see from one of the guys to firmly entrench themselves as the guy who plays 100% of the snaps, and he said, neither. We love how it's going right now. Like, <laughs>
2: oh, my God. Like, it's a classic <laughs> adage of, like, if you have two guys, you have none, right? Yeah. Like, if that's kind of what it feels like, and I don't know that necessarily Burford or Breskel have been, <laughs> like, Terrible.
1: D linemen they... are rotated throughout the entire games and get to play O linemen fresh all the time. So I don't think it's a knock on either of those guys. I think they're both doing good in their reps that they get, and I think that both of them, and I think it helps both of them. It allows you to be fresher. Are we? They just going to start rotating all their offensive linemen?
2: Is that We're just... giving Trent Williams a series off, so he's so he's better in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Was a blow, yeah, no smart. <laughs> That was, yeah, that was a weird answer, but I I just think <laughs> they in there. I just think they don't really know yet. They don't have a firm answer, and right. that's kind of what right. Shannon was getting at. Yeah, not, neither is a disaster, but neither is great. Yeah,
1: they're um, both about Daniel Brunskill.
2: Right. So I'm on over the cap right now, looking at the 49ers cap situation uh, for next season. They have 15.9 million in projected space right now, um, hmm. which is. I mean, about standard, like it's not it's not a ton of space. It's certainly not um, an unlimited amount of space. They could potentially. So the problem is now like they have a lot of bonus money going to Trent Williams, Eric Armstead, Fred Warner, George Kittle, even Debo Samuel, um, who I guess Debo, you could pro- but like they could restructure some guys. Um, you could restructure mm-hmm. Traverius Ward, it looks like um you could restructure debo it looks like but basically what 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 you do in a restructure is make make it so there's more guaranteed money towards the back end of the deal right you um, kick the can down the road yeah you're kicking the can down the road in essence and clearing cap space in the short term to have less cap space in the long term um i do wonder what's going to happen with christian mccaffrey because none of his money is guaranteed next season and he's at a $12 million cap hit. So maybe they convert some of that salary into bonus, but then you're also playing the risky game of giving a running back more money at the end of his deal. And maybe that could be really problematic a few years down the road, but maybe next year it helps. Um, Maybe Nick, a a new Nick Bosa contract. you know, he doesn't have any bonus money next season. uh, Presumably, his contract gets done this off season and shrinks his cap number from 17 point around 17.9. Maybe you shrink that down to like five or something. Right. Um, and, and that, you know, creates a substantial amount of, of more space. So it, real, real quick, yeah,
1: real quick, ahead. just on the restructure thing. When people say the salary cap is fake, it's malleable for sure. But eventually like bills come due. And the kicking of the can down the road for D Ford, how they restructured him a couple of times, that's why he has a five point eight million cap charge this year and an eight point five million cap charge next year. Right. Like they that you still have to pay the guy. <laughs> like that that money still goes against your cap. You can't just continue restructuring forever. Right. Yeah. So it gets it, it gets dangerous because at some point, if you keep restructuring all these guys, you're gonna run into a point where you don't have
2: you don't have any more room to maneuver. Right. So I, I bring this up, um, not necessarily because it has a ton to do with the Jeff Wilson trade, but sort of uh, as a, as something you have to factor in when you bring in Christian McCaffrey and you're paying him $12 million next year or whatever it ends up being after they redo his contract. Um, If the 49ers are not completely sold on Trey Lance being healthy and or good enough to be their starting quarterback in 2023, their options might be pr- pretty limited in terms of bringing in a veteran um, mm-hmm. unless that guy is someone who's made a bunch of money in his career and isn't super concerned with cashing out in a big way in 2023. There's mm-hmm. one name that comes to mind who might be a little bit washed. We'll have to see, um, but he's you know recently divorced. Maybe he's trying to get a little bit more cash.
1: Who could uh, you be talking
2: about? <laughs> uh, Tom Brady, but um <laughs> Oh, thanks. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, the 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 reason why that I, I'm just saying, like the reason why it's it's probably important to look at the 49ers cap situation mm-hmm. is like, okay, your your draft class is going to cost I don't know eight million dollars or maybe they don't have a first round pick, so maybe less than that. But you have to factor in what the draft class is going to cost. You have to factor in free agency. Um, if you clear say you clear space uh, with Nick Bosa's extension and say you clear a little space with guaranteeing some of Christian McCaffrey's money. Say you get to like 25 million, mm-hmm. say your, your draft class costs 10 million, which probably won't cost that much, but say it costs between, you know, five to 10 million. Like you're looking at a scenario where you have 15 to 20 million that you'll be able to allocate towards free agency towards, you know, new contracts and potentially bringing in a veteran quarterback. And you might not be able to get somebody that like guarantees you, you know, being a contender, you're going to have a really good roster, but like, you know, is maybe you could get Matt Ryan. Maybe you could get somebody of that ilk. And, and obviously this is, this is a Trey Lance discussion and, and how much confidence a team has in Trey Lance at, at that point next off season. But the cap spacing is something to monitor if the 49ers are going to be in the quarterback market. It's like if Jimmy Garoppolo plays like he has the last couple of weeks, like it sort of feels like he might just say, "Nah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go somewhere else and make, you know, I'm going to go to Pittsburgh and make 20, $25 million instead of coming back to the 49ers where all they'll have to give me is like 12. Right. You know? So anyway, are you out on Trey Lance? No. No, I remain steadfast in my tr- my Trey Lance optimism camp. Do you think the 49ers are out on Trey Lance? No, I don't. Okay. The early reporting, I saw Jay Glazer reported it over it the matters. last couple of weeks that the 49ers are still all in on Trey Lance. I, I don't know if that matters right now because we've sure. seen things change pretty frequently and you know right. like and drastically. It doesn't matter. And like, you know, if if Trey Lance doesn't get another offseason program to work because of this ankle injury, or his ankle injury limits what he can do in the offseason, like can the 49ers go into next year no matter what happens this year? Can they go into next mm-hmm. year? I mean, like, yeah, Trey's our guy, no matter right. what. It's like, Oof. I mean, he'll be in a good spot. That's one thing. Like, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, no matter who right. your quarterback is, they should be good in that and system. It-
1: and here's the thing with that. And this is kind of this is the point you were just making. Like they were banking on having a quarterback on a rookie deal.
2: Yes. So they're going to kind of have to. <laughs> At least
1: that's, that's what I
2: think. Yeah. Yeah. But things happen as we learned in week two. Yeah. We'll see if they can even win without Jeff Wilson Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's i think it's a good trade if everybody stays healthy this is not groundbreaking analysis and it might be a bad trade if elijah mitchell gets hurt again but um yeah elijah mitchell's good man like he's a good player but a lot of what makes him good is his explosiveness and the injuries are really starting to pile up yeah no and doubt. if he's playing with a sore knee he might not be as explosive so no doubt certainly interesting watch. all right
1: let's get out of here your trade deadline emergency pod is done thanks everybody for listening subscribe rate review we will have a couple more pods out this week some bi-week content for you um but